Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends forever. I don't even know how many years. And after many, many years also of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out all about this by going right back to the start of season one. Cringy. (laughs) (laughs) We started Be Sober because we wanted to connect people living a sober or sober curious lifestyle. We wanted to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have an absolute blast without getting wasted. So Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything that you could possibly need in one place. We're dead proud of it. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everybody who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal and that kind of brings us in nicely to today don't it hi Elisa hi Alex (laughs) it does though doesn't it because we just said what should we talk about and you said I think we need to go back to the beginning a little bit yeah I think you know coming up to I'm coming up to four years sober now believe it Lisa it's crazy isn't it and I just think you know what it was actually Belinda one of our London ambassadors she put on the she put a really good message on the Facebook group and you know she's absolutely living her best sober life she's incredible she's lost tons of weight um which has made an incredible difference she's doing like marathons and running and doing this and she actually said on the post like sometimes she worries that it comes across a bit showy off it as if it's as if a sobriety is easy and then she was like and actually in truth it is easy now but it wasn't always like that and she showed some of the journal entries from when she was trying right at the beginning to moderate a drinking it is interesting. I think if I got my first journal out, I remember, and you'll, I know you remember this, we've talked about it before, that Monday morning when I said to you on the phone, why can't I stop thinking about red wine on day one? And yeah. I've written that somewhere. Like, And I just cannot imagine waking up any morning now thinking about red wine. And it's, it is, over time, easy to forget. Um, this weekend, just gone, I had a family barbecue. And... One of my cousins didn't turn up to it. She, she was never meant to do. She wasn't coming. But she'd seen the photographs. And the photographs, I'm just doing, as you know, everything that everyone else is doing, pulling stupid faces, dancing, singing, yeah. playing pool, all of the things everyone else was doing. And she actually phoned me um, yesterday and said, can you tell me a little bit about the start of your sober journey? And I thought, oh, oh. Right. So, um, and I'll tell you which cousin it is later, but she said, can you tell me a bit about your sober journey? Because I haven't got a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody has a problem. (laughs) I do want to know a little bit about whether sobriety is for me. That was the gist of the message. And then she said, and also, how did you find Saturday night? So she'd obviously seen the photos. Anyway, I had this conversation with her on the phone afterwards. It was a voice message that, sorry. And I had this conversation on the phone. And I was like, yeah. And my auntie was saying to her, Alex was just as fun as everyone else. And if we didn't know she wasn't drinking, we wouldn't have known she wasn't drinking. And that takes yeah. time, doesn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. It takes time. It takes time to get comfortable and, and fit into your sober shoes, if you like. Oh, like <laughs> <into ball>. There's <laughs> so much stuff that I can do now that and I'm and I'm comfortable with that this I couldn't possibly have done when I was in the early days. So I remember going to a concert with my eldest daughter, Beth. Um Re- like within really early days and it's perhaps not something that I would have drank lots at if I'd have gone with Beth anyway yeah, you wouldn't but have I did I did definitely had a few drinks to like loosen up and dance and feel comfortable and I remember being so conscious of that I was conscious of everybody I felt like I stuck out and I know I didn't but I felt because I'm tall anyway I felt taller and more sticky out and heavy awkward yeah, like just dead awkward. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. It was birthday that time. It was all yeah, like, like you just feel deep. like heavy and like you just stick out like a sore thumb. I like people looking at you and judging you, and actually nobody really cares. But because you do care, because you're not numbed out, you think that they will care as well. Well, yeah, I don't even think. It, I never really thought, oh, what will people be thinking of me? Oh, I did. <laughs> it, it was just my own, I suppose, insecurities or uncomfortableness or being doing something different. Like I'd never, I'm not a good dancer. So I would be like conscious of how I was moving. Um, but then again, like this weekend, we went to, it was a little like, concert type thing in our village um and I was telling you about this but actually I went with Rob and the music was on and I and I could feel the beat right and I wanted to dance <laughs> but like, I, could. I love your face there yeah <sighs> Feel the beat. I wish you could have all seen Lisa's face. I could, and this, and and I like really wanted to dance, and I was like moving a little bit, and and it just felt so much more natural to me and comfortable. I, I was happier doing it. And there's a thing gone on Saturday. I'm dying to go to it. I can't find anybody to go with. I told you this retro yeah. in the park near me. If was, anyone well, wants to go, it's tonight. If you're listening <laughs> on the first yeah, day, yeah, but tonight. So ring me quick. Ring to a call. Message me on Facebook. She's looking for somebody fun to go with. <laughs> yeah, but like I feel like I'd really enjoy that kind of thing now. Whereas earlier on, I'd have found it really difficult. And I just wanted to pick up on what Belle was saying as well, is that sometimes, and it is easy for me now, sobriety. So yeah. you definitely, definitely forget how hard it is in the beginning. And how much, like we're surrounded with sober people, Alex. Oh, no. Like, you're sober. Yeah, your your husband's sober, my boyfriend's sober, my mum's sober. Like, everybody, we're in this bubble with our amazing community of like-minded people. And sometimes when you come out of it, you realise what everybody else is having to go through and face. So, for instance, and I don't know whether you had anything like this at your barbecue, when I went to this village concert little Glastonbury thing it was called everybody that came up to me there were a lot of old drinking friends there so they'd come up and say are you 
Did it you was say, are you? You called us not your friends on your podcast. <laughs> no, they don't listen. They're too pissed. So, <laughs> but um, it was so interesting to watch. Like at first, everybody was like, oh, I, uh, and that was it. And then after a few drinks, they'd come over and sit with us and be like, did I tell you? <laughs> so then they were more comfortable to talk to us. But it was really apparent. Every single person mentioned to me and Rob that we didn't drink and was like showing me the drinks and we had non-alcoholic beers in our glasses so a few people were like what's that in there and I felt like do you remember the program and it was like the only gay in the village at the time that's what I felt like like the only sober people in the village it it was weird and because I'm confident in it it doesn't bother me but in the early days I think it would have done yeah, you know, it was apparent to me. So similar sort of thing. A couple of my cousins um, like were saying, oh, what are you drinking? And what I realised is actually in the beginning, I would have taken that as a judgment. Yeah. You know what I mean? But actually there was no judgment. It was more curiosity and genuine interest. Yeah. So I think that's another thing. Your, your defensive shield comes down a little bit the further you go because you know it doesn't matter what they're going to say to you. You're not going to drink. So they were going, oh, what's that in that champagne glass? Have you started drinking again? And I was like, oh, no, it's my no secco. Anyway, one lady had never heard of no secco and she burst out laughing. And I think she thought it wasn't a judgment. Now, I would have definitely taken that as an insult at the beginning. But I said, what yeah. are you laughing at? I wouldn't have asked that at the beginning. She said, no, Seco, that's a great name for it. And I said, no, it's a real name. She went, what do you mean? Yeah. I said, it's non-alcoholic Prosecco. She said, oh, can I see the bottle? She was genuinely, genuinely interested. And she was like, that is brilliant. Another auntie said, um, oh, you had a little problem, didn't you, Alex? I was like, no. I didn't have a little problem. <laughs> I had as much of a problem as everyone in this room's got, as in, yeah. you know, it is a problem. It's not the person. But having those conversations, it wasn't judgmental. They were genuinely curious about how I'd done it. About I, I was curious, though, at the beginning. Was you, like, yeah. I was talking about this on Saturday at our brunch actually with um, a couple of the ladies there and right at the beginning like before I'd stopped drinking I was very much curious so I would have been that person that goes what you're not drinking like I'd have asked the questions and it would never have been in a judgmental way I was fascinated me by people that didn't drink and had a good time. So me, if I saw you dancing and laughing and like, I'd I'd just be so fascinated. And I remember going out one night with um, a girl and watching her on it because she'd said she didn't drink and she was all young. And I was fascinated thinking she looked incredible from the beginning to the end of the night. She was dancing. She was laughing. She, she was just having so much fun. She ended up like probably spent not a lot of money compared to everybody else. And I remember thinking, I wish I could do that. I wish I had the confidence. I never knew Even at that point, I didn't know I was drinking for confidence. So I was looking at it like, I wish I had the confidence to be able to do that. But it didn't necessarily... The alcohol was kind of holding you back. Yeah, yeah. Mad, isn't it? Do you remember that time? I know you do. The first time we went out on a sober night out. And I was very early on and desperate to be the life and soul because I wanted to prove I yeah you did yeah and I, lost it and I kept saying to you can we find somewhere to dance can we find somewhere to dance and I remember you saying let's not force it let's just see if we feel like dancing 
And well, I that's it. And I, re- I, I remember that, right? Because I remember where we went and you wanting to dance and the music was shit, right? <laughs> and I was thinking, I cannot dance to this, this music. Like it felt so forced to me that yeah. I would be trying to have a good time dancing to this music. And I've actually realised, right, that if the music is really good, it's easy to want to dance to. So it doesn't matter if you're sober. Like if you're going I think you somewhere. In the beginning, though, you know, genuinely, I remember going to uh, my cousin's wedding, and I really clearly remember again wanting to fit in, and them all dancing, and everyone was loosened up, and the music was music I would have danced to, and yeah. I did, but I still felt like the Tin Man. Do you know, like yeah, it's like, so uncomfortable. <laughs> that that's a really good and I'll, the Tin Man. That is what that, that's what it's like. It actually is. It is oh like the Tin Man. It's horrible. I felt like that though when we went to the Power Ballads night. Oh, did you? Yeah, that was quite away in, wasn't it? And yeah, it was like a good couple of years sober then, and I think. Even going there, and I, I thought I would I'd dance around my living room to that type of music. Yeah, so what uh, was it then, do you think? I don't know. Because then when I went to the dry wave that, um, that they do in Manchester, which is amazing, by the way, you should Google that if you like a bit of rave music. When I went to the, I didn't know that I was, I never, I missed the raving, like, because I was, such a young mum I kind of missed that but I think I'd have been a raver because when I went to that dry wave I literally danced all night I lo- I think it's just that whereas power ballad night I loved yeah I really loved- that's because you know the words though it's hard isn't it when you don't know the words <laughs> Remember me and you posing for that photograph that we thought was a photograph, and then my husband saying, "Oh, you pair of dicks! It's a video." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think. And on Saturday when I went to this barbecue, the music I was putting the music on, um, and I was in charge of the music because obviously I was the only sober one anyway. But yeah. Everybody, I was watching people and genuinely loving seeing them having a good time. There was no animosity. It was at that nice stage you know and and I got out when I saw it change and it did oh it changes it's so interesting watching it change and I saw this on Saturday as well it does it changes you and it doesn't have to become nasty or horrible you just see the level of drunkness switch ever so slightly from being like perfectly having a laugh and having a giggle to just something shifting We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first, let us tell you about some of the things we offer here at Be Sober. So as usual, we don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there is so much. So this week, we're going to tell you about the Be Sober Training Academy and our brand new course. The Be Sober Globally Accredited Diploma course is for individuals aspiring to become a professional sobriety coach. If you love helping other people and you want to turn your passion into a career that you're going to love, this is the course for you. Our brand new accredited sober coaching diploma course will run three times a year, starting this September. The places are limited and we know it's going to be an absolute sellout. There's no previous qualifications or experience necessary. So, instead of spending time scrolling through social media or job sections this weekend, head over to our website and check it out. 
So we were just talking, weren't we, about how the mood can actually change at things. And I was saying that, I think this is what I was saying. I was saying that at my party, I saw it change. And it, like I say, it wasn't, there was nothing nasty or bad happened. There was just a shift. Yeah. Now I remember that shift in my own drinking. Yeah. And it became really exaggerated the more, the closer I got to my sobriety date. So, you know, like, I would be the person, and I think we talk about this early on, who would be having an absolute ball, dancing and singing, and then something would shift and I'd go and sit on my own and I'd be brewing and stewing over something that hadn't even happened, like somebody took my drink on purpose or, oh, my husband's talking to somebody instead of spending time with me on purpose. Tiny, that I would not and do not care about sober. I I saw this as well, you know, on Saturday where I was. So people had obviously been drinking from really early on. Um, I'm going to throw in here, actually. I forgot to mention, but I went to Rob's sister's birthday party on Saturday before. So it was a very busy day. I went to brunch. Then I had to go to a birthday barbecue. And then I went to Little Glastonbury. Just in case everyone's wondering how I managed to do this all in one day. This is a shizzle you could do. What? I always thought that you didn't know how to say Glastonbury. I <laughs> no, it's, I little, <laughs> it's Little Glastonbury. Because of Littleborough. Because of Littleborough. I'm so it's Little Glastonbury. <laughs> so you just, oh, I'm not I even going to talk about it. Anyway, yeah, I did all of them. Um, all of them things on Saturday and when I went one of the first things somebody said when we went round to Rob's sisters was one of her mates and Rob was putting a bottle of Prosecco in the fridge and she was like what percentage is that Rob so he was like he said not (laughs) I don't don't know why we had such an attitude about it and then she kind of smirked so I I instantly didn't like her I'm thinking on Try somewhere else. Say somewhere else. Oh, my dear. Just because I don't drink don't mean I won't not you. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever listen to this podcast. She'll knock on your door with her army next week. I'll knock her out, so all funny. of them. I'll knock them all out. I'll come. I'll come. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, Tom, so people had been drinking really early on. Um, and the, I could see the mood shifting people. There was something else I wanted to tell you, and I've not told you, but I don't I don't think I'm allowed to say it on air, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to wait till later. But um yeah, the mood changed at the little Glaston Borough thing that I was at, and everybody was having fun and excited, and then you know, like you were good people watcher, aren't you, when you're sober? They really are, yeah. I know, and it's not with judgment at all, it's just so interesting. I love being around piss people me i grew up in pubs so it's really homely to me it's funny you say that right we had in my cousin's house they've got a dining table that the top comes off and turns into a pool table which i thought was just brilliant that is cool and we were playing killer and i was i was doing really well at it and somebody said oh you're actually all right and i went uh i grew up in pubs of course i'm all right yeah Give me a dartboard. <laughs> give me a dartboard. Give me a pint and non-alcoholic beer and give me a pool cue and I'll do all three at once, mate. <laughs> Best threesome you'll have ever seen. 
<laughs> True. But yeah, you know, and I, and I exactly the same as what you were just saying. It's like if you grow up in pubs, as much as piss people can be annoying, it's what we're comfortable. No, you know when they annoy me, pissed people. <laughs> when the piss. No. Before they pissed, because they're all angsty, right? And they don't talk to you and they don't know what to say. They, this is what I noticed, right? They literally don't, they just go, hey, uh, you all right? And then as soon as they piss, that's when they want to talk to you. That's when I like them, when they're actually being social. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is they need a drink to get onto your sober level. Yeah, that is true. I've said this a few times, you know. I look at me, you, and my mum in particular, right? And I think we are like we were when we was a certain level of pissed, but yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not the bit. No, or like I can't speak. Yeah, but there is like, I think it's like the confidence and the things that we talk about, like we're, we're more open. I don't know. It's really yeah, weird. I've started to tell each other we love each other on the phone again, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> like I would happily ring you. Yeah. Like the other day and it was just like, that I love so you. Funny. That was so funny, right? So Lisa tried to do a voice recording to tell me that she loved me as a best friend and ended up recording herself. <laughs> <laughs> like as in oh, with my face on telegram you big my big red face come on circle going i just want you to know but we know piss voice but i've got to do it in a piss voice because it reminds me i just want you to know that i love you <laughs> and i went oh because it was a voice message but honestly i started to cry i took a photograph of my <laughs> <in your> face <laughs> i we think permanently pissed now we're sober yeah, that, that is literally, I can't say it any other way. That is, oh, it's making me a bit emotional. <laughs> We're high on life, Lisa. Oh, it's so good. Like, it actually is, I know I say it all the time, right? <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> no, but it is, it's like, honest to God, it is the best gift I've ever, ever been given like it actually is I love everything about it it's you know sometimes when we were talking about this I'd, and I'd be lying if I didn't say sometimes I just want to shut out forget everything and press the fuck it button yeah and there is times I get like that but honestly nothing nothing is worth how this feels and I think anybody in the early days that's it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard. And all I've got to say there is, and, and I hate saying this because we're so passionate about being sober and we love it and, you know, but it is, it's finding a community of people that have got your back and it really does make such a difference. It's it's connecting with people. It's, you know, how many people's lives have you changed with, with these empowerers and the coaching that you do? It literally changes people's lives, but you've got to do something about it yeah on Saturday we both got a card and a present and a oh my gosh yeah can one we... of our members and we we were sat both of us separately reading them to each other and honestly it has we've changed somebody's life and as much as we know we're changing lives but sometimes every now and again these little moments bring it really back home what we're doing and I don't mean me and Lisa doing I mean we as a sober community what we're doing like the number of people were influencing and that's what I was going to say my cousin who did phone me her and her husband are on a 30 day sober experiment Lisa it's just amazing you know, that's we, incredible we are. 
And, and the other thing is, you know, what you just said about sometimes sobriety is hard. It's hard because sometimes life is hard. Yeah, it is. You know, sometimes life throws you a really big curveball or 10. And when you drink, it doesn't make that easier. It just numbs it. It just gets it out of the way temporarily. And it's all still there on the other side, on the other side. Oh, it's just the other side of it. So shit. It really is. And if you can push through the hard days, 30 days, 100 days, six months, 12 months, all I can say is this feeling beyond 12 months and now beyond three years, it just keeps giving. And if I could bottle up what I've got inside and say, here, have that for one day. Take that on your shit day. Whatever shit yeah. day you're having, just take that for a few minutes and experience <laughs> That's <laughs> drugs, Alex. That's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it is drugs. But if I could give my feelings to somebody else. I, I always said that. I, yeah. I would. You know, just... Even on my shittiest day, it will not be as shit as your hangover shit day. It won't. I think that I think that's the thing that we need to remember is that, like you said, we have shit days, and you know, looking back, uh, I I always painted a picture that my sobriety was really easy because it's what helped me. Focusing on the good things is what helped me. So it was it wasn't that I wasn't being honest about all the shit that was going on in the background, but at the time when I stopped there was a lot going on a lot and then if anybody's listened to earlier's earlier podcast they'll probably remember times of my windows being smashed in me going to you know all these places it would just we both had a really hard first year separately it, it was so hard and I think that within the first year of sobriety is the hardest because I think everything that's shit that's going to be thrown at you it gets thrown at you in that first year also but, you, you clean up your mess yeah you come to a point where you want to stop drinking because and it, for whatever reason but 90% of people have neglected to deal with the things that led them to be drinking yes, so, so you've much. You've got to clear it, you've got to clear it up. up. You really do. Like that first year, I remember not only having to sort of, I did have to apologise to people. You know, I said to you, didn't I? And it's the same family people that I went to. And I don't know if you remember this, but I, uh, on the earlier podcast, I do talk about it. I went to this family party. And I was drinking and I actually stood up at the end of this family party and announced to them all that they were a set of twats, every single one of them. And then I stormed out and got a lift home in the end and I was crying. And to be fair, they were being, not all of them, but I did blanket every single one of them, but some of them were being. But I, I had a real point to prove this weekend. Yeah. I did. I had a real point to prove. And only by getting sober... Can you sort of overcome some of the guilt and the embarrassment and the forgive yourself, you know? I know. And it's and it's hard to do. It is so much easier than said said than done to forgive yourself. There's even now, there's still things that I hold shame and embarrassment and guilt for there is and I, and I me being me I just push it down and pretend it didn't happen but now and again it pops up and I'm like um, it, it's hard isn't it there's no doubt about it it's hard but I suppose what we're trying to say is it's just it's worth it every single hard day every single thing that you do is worth it because it's just incredible and it is that Claire Pooley analogy, isn't it, of the field of bunnies, that if you just keep going, 
keep going go through your hardest day then you've done it yeah and if anybody hasn't heard of that please google Claire Pooley's The Obstacle Course she has it in The Sober Diaries but also that passage is on her blog as well so anybody that is in the early days or has repeated day ones then you need to go and read that I can honestly I've read it so many times it's amazing I still read it occasionally now yeah mind you don't and when you're going through a rough time yeah so before we finish I think if you are in the early days of sobriety now uh, my top tip for you other than our sober experiment and genuinely I mean this get on to join our community the sober experiment even if you're a few days a few weeks a few months sober and run through it it's 30 videos it's a little short daily task and it's all about experimenting with sobriety and you don't have to see this as a lifelong commitment just try it give it a go so other than that my top tip honestly is ride out the times that are really hard because it is never harder than that same time drinking never 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 mine is i think is something that massively helped me is that you nobody ever has woken up and wished that they drank the night before no true nobody I don't know anybody once somebody told me that that wasn't true and I disagree I I did it as a post (laughs) once on Instagram I said nobody's ever woke up wishing they drank the night before and somebody said that's not true I thought yeah it is Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, do you know what I did before we go? Right, this is so funny because you know me as well. I had these visions. Don't ask me why, because I just don't think my family would do this. My son's nearly seventeen, right, and I had these visions of them coming up to me and saying, "Let him have a beer." <laughs> yeah, I'm now a full counter attack, Lisa. <laughs> well, tell me what it is. <laughs> so they said, "Let him have one," and I know some people would, but they weren't there. And I was going to say, right, if you can give me five good reasons yeah. to give you a beer, I'll give you ten. You're such not a stealer. To- I'm not from you. I actually know I stole it from you as well. I was thinking, yeah, I had my answers planned out. And I thought they won't be able to give me five. No, they can't. They can give you one. It'll have a good time. And then they'll say the same one in a different way. <laughs> I know, Yeah. Like lots of different pistols. He'll be able to dance more. Yeah, that's the same as having a good time. Well, he'll feel more relaxed. Yeah, that's the same as having a good time. Do you know what else makes you feel more relaxed? Liking people. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's so true. Before we go, can I just give out another shout out to to our um, lovely Australian listener, Sandra, because she messaged today and I told her that we was recording and she is three whole months sober well done, today, which is absolutely incredible it really is amazing and we're just dead proud of you I said to her I was like I'll give you a shout out today so she's messing I'm the worst person to say this to like you could have snuck this in but I can so she's like okay I'll be listening for another mention just drop the word caterpillar or boysenberry or something and I'll know it's a shout out to me What's a boysenberry? Absolutely no idea, but we'll do Caterpillar because this is an episode, are you ready for my cheesiness? Oh, God. Where you too can become a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I feel a bit cringy. 
<laughs> yeah, but there's a lot to be said for the analogy of the caterpillar and the butterfly. There actually is. That's, I know I'm saying it in a cheesy way, but there actually is. And that's what you do feel like, like a bit of a chained up caterpillar that's like walking along in early sobriety. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get your wings. I know. I've never seen a caterpillar chained up, though. I don't know where you're from. Well, you know what I mean? Like they crawl along and they walk and they're restricted and they can get eaten by birds. But then they're like, aha. Fuck you, birds. I've got wings and all. <laughs> what butterfly people, what's that quote? Butterfly people cannot talk to caterpillars. <laughs> it's not a quote. It is. No, but something not. about butterfly people cannot speak caterpillar language. Our caterpillar. <laughs> Oh, basically oh, right you know Sandra this is a shout out to you we've mentioned caterpillars loads of times <laughs> so yeah it, Sandra was the, the uh, lovely lady who thought we were Irish no she's a, you know she said I hope it weren't offensive I, that I, I know that's Irish. what I said I love the Irish accent I would love that and she would just say what's really funny is she actually works with somebody Irish and we don't even sound like her <laughs> the thing is, not at all. We we were both like, I'd love an Irish accent. Do you know when oh, I was a kid? Yeah. Right? I remember I must have sounded like such a knob. I was about 14 and I remember trying to fake an Irish accent to the bus driver the whole journey. I I think that's a thing that we, we did as kids. We'd all I'd always fake accents when I was younger, like I mean, an American. You really were from there. The bus driver must have thought, no, you're not. Well, yeah, do you know. <laughs> I used to go, um, oh, be Jesus. <laughs> Top of the morning to you and the rest of the day to yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know what else we used to do? I was thinking about this this morning. Out the back of my house, a good couple of hundred metres away was a phone box up the hill. Oh, we used to jip it. We used, well, we used to jip it, which means basically hitting it and then the, the 10p had come back out and you get a free phone call. For ages. For ages and ages. But also another thing we did, remember this, my mum and dad had a phone in their bedroom, which was the back room. And we used to go and get the number off the phone box right, and phone it and wait till people just put their hand on the receiver and then hang up. And then we'd wait till they walked away and phone it again. Do you remember? Hours of fun watching. Oh, I loved pranking. I was a right pranker. Were you? I was a pranker wanker. Oh, but even as a young kid, I used to do it. Like, I remember my mum taking me to school, right? And she'd go, have, have you picked up that dinner money off the table? And I'd go, oh, no, I forgot. And she'd go into a rampage, right? And I'd be like, I've got it really. <laughs> do you know, my poor mum, we had a secretary at our school called Mrs. Wadsworth. And between me and my sister, we used to say when she phoned the school for anything, we'd go, it's Wadsworth. And the other one would go, no, it's not, it's Wordsworth. And mum would just, she really didn't know it. And she still doesn't. To this day, if you ask me, mum, is it Mrs. Wadsworth or Mrs. Wordsworth? She's like, Wordsworth. And we're like, no, it's Wadsworth. We're still doing it. And we're now. She was called Wadsworth. And um, my mum, in the end, she used to phone up and go, can I speak to the school secretary, please? And she didn't say her name. You know, Alex, that just at least your mum did that. My mum called my headmaster a little Hitler and I ended up having to leave the school not long after. 
<laughs> that's another podcast <laughs> oh you know what it's been dead nice not having a guest today and i don't mean like that i don't enjoy our guests but it's been nice just having us hasn't it yeah it's been we've needed a catch-up as well i think so it has been nice right um Thank you, everybody, for listening to us ramble on. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course, please share this with your friends. We don't have an advertising budget, do we, for Be Sober, like at all. And we'll so, some Facebook advertising. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. But honestly, by sharing it, even just liking the post on Instagram or sharing something, it really massively helps. Tell your friends about it. And if you want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more about us and Be Sober on our website, besoberofficial.com. So until next time, be brave, be kind and be sober.